Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I am your host and 97.1 ticket producer, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is the other host here on Locked On Red Wings and host of Locked On Tigers, Scotty Bentley. How you doing today, Scotty? Beauty, man. Currently, we're recording in the middle of uh, a doozy of a Thursday night football game. So that's, uh, that's, Packers that's Cardinals, always... Right? Yeah, that's always fun. And then, yeah, mostly uh, spent most of the week just prepping for... Uh, for the old Michigan, Michigan State Saturday as well. That'll oh. be uh, that'll be a fun weekend for us Michiganders. I'm not even gonna be able to see that game because I'm gonna be at the arena because the Pistons play a home game, which it might be Cade's home opener. Right, it might be. Yeah, that's the rumor. But I'll be spent. I'll be there at one, and so I'll have to leave my house at noon when the kickoff happens. So it, yeah. it, it kind of sucks that. Like, why would they do that to me? Why would they? They, they got to have that on the TVs in the arena, though, right? Oh, they like, will, they absolutely. Gotta, but you think I'm going to have yeah. time to watch that? Come on. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, But we got a full show for you, like always. This is a Friday episode, so, you know, right at the at the end, the final segment, we're going to talk. Uh, how do you feel about it Friday? Uh, we do need to get a Lemon Tree update. Do you want to do that now, or you want to do that at the end? Well, how about we start the third with Lemon Tree? We'll start the third with Lemon Tree, and then we'll go into how do you feel about it. Um. Beauty. First segment, we're going to talk about this article that came out from ESPN. Uh, Scotty, you're the one with the ESPN Plus membership, so you're the one who read it. Yes. Uh, I'll be sitting here Greg reacting Wachinski to it. This is oh, the author. Yes. Oh, I'm well-versed in Greg's uh, Twitter account, at least. Yes, as <laughs> most people are, he's, yes. He loves to uh, – he's, he's a personality. Let's just say he's yes, a personality. He loves to stir the pot. Not afraid to stir the pot. So sure. I, I have a, I have an understanding of what was said, but I haven't actually had the chance to read it because it's behind a paywall. So I'm going to be live reacting to this article as you break yes. down what was said. Electric. Um, second segment, we're going to preview the weekend. Uh, Panthers today on Friday, and then Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow. Obviously big news with the Panthers is Joe Clint- Quinville is out. We're going to talk about how that will impact – that matchup, as well as, you know, kind of, you can't ignore the reason why Joel Quinville was fired. So we're going to, mm-hmm. of course, touch on that. Um, but first things first, before we get to any of that, I do have to thank all of you for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Scotty, break down this article for me. Let me know what was said so I can just be either repulsed or like, oh, Greg did a good job here. it's so honestly it's pretty i take it it, there's a pretty healthy mix of uh things i agree with and and things that i i think he's on the right path with and things that i think are kind of kind of stretched a little bit I, i don't think any of it's flat out wrong i don't think any of it's flat out like that is factually like objectively incorrect but there's some stuff that's subjective for sure. And and so that's the, the article for starters is just titled The Detroit Red Wings Slow Painful Iser Plan is finally paying off. 
Um, okay, that's interesting, Scott, because the Iser plan didn't get in motion until 2019, unless he's considering the Ken Holland years, the end of that, when the I consider the rebuild having started at the end of Ken Holland's tenure. But Iser plan, you can't really say started until 2019. Right. So that was my first reaction too. Um, got the notification at like 9 a.m. Hey, new Red Wings article from ESPN Plus. I was like, okay, sweet. That's those those are articles. PS, ESPN Plus articles about Detroit sports are, are tend to be pretty few and far between. So I was uh, I, I was I was pumped to read it. And yeah, I, I see a picture of the the Larkin fist bump after uh, after the overtime winner. And that's the title. And I was like, okay. First reaction, I I thought the same thing. I was like, that's a little weird uh, because Iserman's been here two years. And I I don't think anyone in any sport on the planet Earth would consider two years to get back to to competitiveness or whatever. Especially Uh, when those first two years were weird pandemic years. The first season got cut off. And then the second season, just like, yeah, yeah, that's weird. And and, yeah, and what he inherited and stuff, there's a lot. So so right off the bat, he asks, uh, there's a quote from Sean Horkoff, who is the uh, Red Wings director of player development and has been for about five years now, where he asked him, is the rebuild over? And Sean's answer was uh, the, the rebuild isn't over in his eyes until they win a Stanley Cup. Very pro-team answer, sure. Uh, Greg makes a really funny joke about the fact that that means the Maple Leafs are in a 54-year rebuild. That That's <laughs> objectively hilarious. Uh, but he, he goes on and, and he breaks down the the, the, the first like main paragraph. He says, uh, he talks about the Iser plan. He talks about he returned as the savior of the franchise in 2019. And, uh, and, and two years later, they're taking a big step in the right direction. He gives him credit for that. That's true. Says, it's all true. Right. He says they, they have taken a big step in the right direction. But it's interesting to me that then he goes into the end of the Holland era, like you said. And he said the rebuild really started in 17. Because in or in seventeen eighteen, I guess you'd say because in uh, in in sixteen, they they were still that was still like like end of the twenty five and and he has a Holland quote in here where he says that um that they that Holland admits basically that he was still spending all the way up to the cap. That's why he gave out some interesting contracts, as we are well aware, uh, and it was just still very much going for win now and and try to continue he said he's how the exact holland quote in here is is holland saying i was trying to get 26 straight years like he was he was trying to make the postseason uh every single year still so we, we have that admission from holland but it's interesting to me that he lumps in the iser plan as he, he says, it's slow and steady. And then he, he has one line solo in the article where it says painfully slow. It's interesting to me that that the Iser plan is being clumped. Like the, this whole rebuild is not the Iser plan. Steve Eisman took over in 2019. This rebuild, I think most people would agree, started in 17. I don't think anyone's going to yeah, disagree would- with... With 100%. with the rebuild starting 
And I don't think anyone thinks the rebuild started in 2019. We started trading people away in, in, in 17, 18. I think the moment you traded Thomas Tatar, who you had just signed to a nice ex lengthy extension, was kind of the signal that this team was accumulating draft picks to start all over. I mean, they got exactly. what, three really nice draft picks for Thomas Tatar. Um, or Tomash Tatar now, as they pronounce <laughs> on every broadcast. Yeah. So that's strange to me because if you're counting it, Iser Plan as having had started in 2019, it's definitely not slow. It's not painful. From 2019 to now in October 29th, 2021, this has been a huge, like the, the entire roster has been broken down and has been rebuilt. His first draft, he gets a top five prospect in the league, ends up being a top five prospect in the league in Moritz Sider. People said it was a reach at the time. I said it was a reach at the time. And then I he goes too, out, yeah. and after we get just absolutely annihilated by the draft lottery, he goes out and gets Lucas Raymond at four, who is right now Vegas odds on the favorite to win the Calder Cup, or not the Calder Cup, but the Calder Trophy. The Calder Cup is the mm -hmm. AHL award. <laughs> um, so slow and painful is not a word I would use at all. The slow and painful part is the years before that where it didn't the team really didn't have a clear identity or direction with the rebuild. I mean, like drafting, and I don't hate Michael Rasmussen, but drafting Michael Rasmussen in the first round, which is a Ken Holland pick, strange pick. Uh, we all thought Zadino was a genuinely great pick. It's kind of looking, I, I keep saying it's too early to tell, but we're starting to find out what he really is. That stuff is the painful slow part when the team really didn't, know what it needed and wasn't really drafting for what it needed. But as soon as Iserman took over, there was a clear direction this team was taking and it hasn't been slow and it hasn't been painful. I mean, this team, we just talked about it on yesterday's episode has been playing so far above what we were expecting them to in these first seven games of the season. So I think he get like, and I'm starting to ramble now, but like you said, he's, he does give credit, some credit where credit's due, but for him to say slow and painful feels inflammatory to me just to get clicks. Yeah, it seems dramatic. Yes. It seems really dramatic because uh, I don't – I think it's just important to separate team rebuild versus Iserman rebuild. I think those are those are separate, yes. separate entities. They're different I, plans. I think, right, right. The, 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 the fact that the Iser plan – is being clumped in with the entire team's rebuild is not fair. Iserman, I mean, if, if you think the rebuild started five years ago, that means Iserman has not been here for half yes. of the team's rebuild. Yes. Less than half if you think it started five years ago. And without a doubt, it at least started four years ago, which means he's been here for half. That is that is not fair at all in my eyes to to kind of – clump all of that into one that being said there like i said I, i'm not trying to just come on here and slam it he he is correct like this year they're taking a huge step in the yeah. right direction the whole article is about the the fact that they're doing that and that the rebuild might finally the, the light at the end of the tunnel type of thing that the tigers went through as well that's all correct it's just that specific part Got was it. it it didn't like make me mad but it, it was weird to me it was weird that that someone would would talk about the red wings rebuild and not separate Iserman coming in versus Ken Holland. What, what Holland did. Yeah. And I'll end on this too, um, before we, you know, get into the next segment here. Um, and not to say all of the Ken Holland decisions 
near the end of that playoff streak were bad ones in the draft. I mean, he's the reason we got Dylan Larkin. He's the reason we got Tyler Bertuzzi. A lot of people thought when he drafted Tyler Bertuzzi that it was like, oh, because he's, you know, Todd's nephew. Tyler Bertuzzi, we've talked on it, talked about it on end, how crucial he is to this team now. Philip Zadina was a no-brainer pick at the time. And, you know, it still remains to be seen how that'll pan out. Uh, Philip Ronick was one of his picks. So, I mean, yep. so there are is so, still some credit to be, and people don't like to do it because, I mean, Ken Holland near the end of his tenure wasn't the best GM, especially with those contracts. But some of those draft picks are having a huge impact still on the Detroit Red Wings. But for Greg Wyshynski to say that it's a slow and painful Iserman rebuild is just a little bit, like you said, a little bit of a stretch. Um, it is. It but is. anyways... We are going to get into our weekend preview with the Florida Panthers and Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, it's time to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors? There is a flavor, and I, I promise you this, there is a flavor for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, to be honest, you're missing out. There's coconut raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, many, many more. And if I'm being honest, it's got to be salted caramel. That's got to be my favorite. It's that combination of sweet, savory, and healthy that really just makes me want a Built Bar. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out these macros. There's 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Zetterberg got it to Datsuk. Moving right in. Scores! Oh, my God. with five seconds left. Two to one. Woo-hoo. All right, Scotty. Uh, we did promise we were going to get into the weekend recap, and we still do plan on doing that in this segment, but there was one more thing from that article that you wanted to talk about that you thought was funny. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's really interesting, and this, this is um... – this is just great reporting by Greg. No, no, nothing on uh, anything he said for this one. But he talks. There's a there's a part in here where um, he discusses. He talks about Blashill and he talks to Blashill, and uh, he he talks about the the speed of the rebuild and stuff. That's kind of the reoccurring theme throughout all this. So whatever your opinion on how fast or slow the rebuild is 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 kind of nulled in this point. But he mentions that. Uh, Pretty clearly, I, I don't. He doesn't, I guess, flat out say, but he very heavily implies that Blashill and Iserman have had a lot of debates over the where the 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 young kids and the prospects in this organization should be playing. He talks about how um, how Blashill. And him have had conversations about certain people being on the NHL roster, some of the younger kids being on the NHL roster, and Steve kind of being like, I'm the GM, we're, we're going to save the, the whatever, the year of eligibility, the yeah. money, whatever reason Steve had in mind, and, and we're going to do it this way. And I just thought it was fascinating 
that um, that those two have like like disagree. It sounds like it's happened more than once. Again, I'm I'm not trying to to this is this is a very heavy implication, but yeah. but at the end there is a Blaschel quote in here that that literally says. Um, that's why Steve is the manager and I'm the coach. And so like that, I just thought that that was fascinating. Like the, the difference, you know, Blasha looking around like, Hey, Mo would be the best defender on this team last year. And and Steve being like, no, we can't do that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's fascinating to me. That's all. No, that is a solid point. There's a, the dichotomy between what the coach wants. Cause the coach wants to ice the best team available uh, possible. He wants the team to be, competitive night in and night out and Iserman's looking at it from probably a grander like bigger picture thing like he said year of eligibility on their their ELC um you know the tank I mean we talk about it like teams don't tank you're right coaches don't tank but GMs do and Iserman probably wanted to save the talent so the team also didn't win more games than they had to so they could get a Simon Edvinson and so I can totally understand and respect both sides of that argument and I'm sure when they debated or argued or whatever it was, it was they both had the best interest of the team at heart. I, I think that's just really interesting because I'm sure that's not a unique situation to the Red Wings. I'm sure every rebuilding team goes through that. Every GM wants to make sure that they're looking at the big picture and how to make the team better for longer in the long term, while the coaches just want to get players on the ice who can help you win games now. Absolutely. Yeah, no, the the we we can we can wrap up the article on this and and again, Greg did a did a fantastic job. It is a very fascinating article. Um and uh yeah, the the Blashel quote exactly is it's not always easy. I don't always agree, but that's why I'm a coach and Steve's the manager. <laughs> so there you go. I love it. I love the mutual respect there. Um Oh yeah, for sure. So, we're going to get into now the weekend and see what Jeff Blashel can do this weekend. First and foremost, that's a transition. There we baby. go. Should have thought of that right away instead of being like, <laughs> okay, well now, um, <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings have back-to-back games: one at home t- today, Friday, against the Florida Panthers, and then tomorrow on Saturday against the Maple Leafs in Toronto. Um, and the game tonight is probably the more interesting of the two as we try and preview this. Uh, one because the Florida Panthers are seven and zero. First in the division, like that team has finally blossomed into the talent we were told year in and year out they were going to be. And on the other hand, Joel Quinville, their head coach or now ex head coach, who was part in like in the center of this Chicago Blackhawks scandal regarding Beach's uh, sexual assault, has been has stepped down in air quotes. So now you're facing off a 7-0 Florida Panthers team without their head coach, and it it's you're at this point now where you want to preview the game, but you also have to make sure we acknowledge why Quinville's stepping down and the fact that any role he played in this cover-up of the sexual assault of Beach in 2010 is absolutely abysmal, and he should have stepped down like he did, or if not having stepped down in air quotes, have been fired. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 for sure. I think it's important that, um, that we don't just go, Oh, Hey, they don't have their head coach. And then let's talk about what that means in purely a hockey sense and just kind of mull over it. We will absolutely get to the hockey part of it and, 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 uh, and, and cover 
the the preview the game itself and and preview Saturday's game too. But I I, I definitely we we think it's important to to know why and and how horrible of a situation that is. And and once again, uh, Jack Bushman at Locked On Blackhawks has done a absolutely phenomenal job um, covering this entire thing day in and day out. Um, as as that is. And I'm sure the kid just wants to talk about hockey, man, and, and he can at the moment. Yeah. And, and so um, it is he has done a phenomenal job. So more more in-depth stuff on that, as we talked about earlier this week as well. Um, locked on NHL and locked on Blackhawks and I'm sure now locked on Panthers. Um, just doing uh, covering that more in depth and such. Um, but but yeah, I didn't want to we, we definitely didn't just want to all over it and, and go straight into to what it means in a hockey sense and and uh, acknowledge how that how how very real and, and bigger than hockey that situation is and um it's it's he, he resigned and the nhl has has continued to to come up short on their on their handling of it and and hopefully um hopefully that changes but regardless he's he's not coaching as we know and yeah, we we just wanted to yeah. be be, uh, just, be very clear on that. Just want to like take a moment too and really give um, Kyle Beach is incredibly courageous for coming mm-hmm. out and making public what happened to him, and for him to do that on national television. I hope that empowers others who have gone through something similar to come forward and tell their story because the more people that tell their story. It, it's only going to help each other heal and also help hold those accountable responsible or those responsible accountable rather. So guys like Joel Quinville, who Kyle Beach did say in the interview that there's no way Quinville couldn't have known. I think Quinville stepping down is the, the right move for both the Panthers and Quinville himself at this time, as they continue to move forward and the NHL continues to investigate this. Cause this is, I'm going to say it. I, fully believe everything that Kyle Beach says. That is my what I believe. Yeah, I think it's important to do that for, for all these victims, obviously. And um yeah, hope hopefully the NHL just continues to to do a thorough investigation of everything and and um hopefully it's it's it'll it'll never be resolved feels like a bad word to use. It'll never be resolved, but um hopefully it'll it'll at least uh, his bravery hopefully will at least inspire others to, yes. to do the same, like you said. Um, I just hope that also he, he can find some kind of peace of mind after all of this is done sure. over with. He still has a long battle ahead of him with the lawsuit against the Blackhawks. And I just I hope that he can find some peace of mind sometime in the future here. Um, but now that Quinville's out, against the Florida Panthers, or as coach of the Florida Panthers, they're going to have an interim head coach step in. And it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic affects the 7-0 Florida Panthers, especially when that's a team that is clicking on all cylinders on every aspect all throughout the lineup. They have, there is only two players on that entire team who have not registered a point this season, and that's Lomberg and uh, Kanauten, I don't even know who that is. He's such a small-time <laughs> player. <laughs> he, he averages 11 minutes of ice a game. Um, but, you know, Huberto leads that team in nine points. And then goaltending-wise, Bobrovsky's actually been really solid, as as has Spencer Knight. 
Um, Bobrovsky averaging 1.79 goals against a game. Well, Spencer Knight in two games has only two goals against nine save percentage, nine, four, six for Bobrovsky and nine, two, three for Knight. So even without their head coach, that team is probably going to still be incredibly cohesive and hard to play against. For sure. It's an incredible roster. It really is. And like you said at the beginning, man, it's, it's one of those teams where, where we have heard I compare it uh, so I, I compare everything to baseball just because that that's how I am. I compare them to the to the White Sox in the sense of like we've been hearing for like three years now about oh Florida's gonna be like take a big step this year. You know what yeah, I mean? Florida's years. gonna be and and year and uh, even though they haven't been horrible year in and year out they've been like okay like that's not really what people told us you were gonna be and and now it's only seven games in but now it it very much looks like they are. Uh, they are have taken a huge step forward, and and I also I love Bob, man. I he's been one of my favorite. I started following Bob when he was like 19 in Philly, and fell in love with him, and and have just followed his career everywhere he's gone. I love Sergey Bobrovsky. I actually so I, I, it's gonna him. it's gonna hurt me a little bit. The wings come first, obviously, but. It's definitely gonna if he if he gets the start in that it's definitely gonna hurt me a little bit. I actually have a vendetta against him, um, because really I did like two years of fantasy hockey and I drafted him to my fantasy hockey team coming off his first Vesna <laughs> season with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then he stunk that year because he's been kind of weird like that. He'll have a great year and the next year he'll be awful like that. He hasn't really been yes. all that great with Florida so far through his tenure. He's been great so far this season, but um. I have a, I'm, I'm, I kind of hate Bobrov. Hate's a strong word. I kind of don't like Bobrovsky still <laughs> because of how he screwed over my fantasy hockey team all those years ago. I quit it's fantasy reasonable. hockey. Oh, it's totally, reasonable. totally no. reasonable reason to not like a person because it is. Oh, well hey, 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 you're preacher of the choir. I, I get it, man. Um, but we talked. Well, yeah, about, no, that go ahead. the team is phenomenal, and and that uh, that that is going to be especially the first game of a back to back. It'll be like yeah. if we if that's like a grind out kind of a game, whether we you know, lose by a goal or, 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 you know, or competitive late or win or whatever, that that then carryover into Saturday's game is going to be really, really interesting. We talked about um, how Washington's matchup was a litmus test for the Detroit Red Wings, but Florida Panthers might even, it, it's even more of a test because they're starting off the season way harder, even we talked about how Washington doesn't have a regulation loss. Florida doesn't have a single loss, not even in overtime. So far this season, and they've been absolutely fantastic. They're on top of the division. Red Wings are tied for second, I believe, though they're technically third right now because of, uh, I believe it's uh, the row, the regulation overtime wins. Mm -hmm. So I think that this game tomorrow is even going to be more telling. If they can hang in there with the first place Florida Panthers. Man, that sounds weird to say. If they can hang in there with the first place Florida Panthers, I think then you having even more um, bar, I guess, to know how good this team's going to be going forward. Because it's that's like the Detroit Tigers last year. If they can hang in there with the tough teams, then you know they're in the right direction. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so we're actually going to go to a, another quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to preview the Saturday game against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, and then we're going to get to Lemon Tree and a quick How Do You Feel About It Friday. It's time to talk about betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and the lines than ever before. 
BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball playoffs, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Down in center. Filippo is back in for Datsu. Back to Filippo. Yes. Valtteri Filippo. 2-1 Red Wings. 7-28 to play. What a play by Pavel Datsu. All right, Scotty, time to break down the second game of that doubleheader, uh, that back-to-back Friday-Saturday matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday. And, uh, you know, funnily enough, if you're talking last year or the year before that, you would look at the Toronto Maple Leafs as the premier matchup and, uh, you know, of the two back-to-back games, you know, Florida, like you said, year in, year out, we hear how, how they're supposed to be good. And they just haven't been until this year, Toronto Maple Leafs year in and year out, we're being told it's going to be their year to win the Stanley cup. And here they sit fifth in the Atlantic division with a record of three, four, and one, not saying you should write them off because they still are an incredibly talented roster, but definitely off to a slow start. Absolutely, and and that is uh, it, it's only just just the 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 memes of the start. It's just it's it's fueling the fire. They've already you know this team has already got all of the the ridiculous just memes and and everything that's come out of it, and 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 they're they're just consistent lack of playoff success and, and how how bad the, the team is in the postseason and blowing the lead to Montreal and, and not winning a cup in forever and all that. And and now it's just, it's just beautiful. It really is beautiful. You know, there, there's just nothing like the Leafs just, just crashing and burning. There really is nothing like now, it. Now, we want to be careful because if we say they're crashing and burning before they actually play the Red Wings, we know what's going to happen. They're going to just oh, hey, crash. No, no, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, the, it's the second game of a back-to-back. I mean, just roster to roster, yeah. they should be a more talented roster. Not saying they aren't. It's just beautiful. They, it's just yeah. watching them. What and, and their fans and everything just it's it's just so beautiful. So I, I I'm not gonna go into it with a ton of expectations because it is the second game of a back to back where the first game is against arguably the best team in hockey right now. But but I, I, I it's gonna be a fun night regardless. Looking at their roster, almost none of the usual suspects are at the top. William N- Nylander, who is one of the more talented players, leads the way with six points in eight games. Uh, Jason Spezza is second on the team in points. That shell of a player at this point. He's got eight games, three goals, one assist. But here's the wild thing. Spezza's shooting percentage is 21%, which is like well above elite level. Now, granted, he only has 14 shots in the season. But for three of his goals to go on, go in, like that's insane numbers. Like he must be putting himself in the... You know, I haven't seen every minute of every Maple Leaf game. So I haven't seen the situations he scored goals in. But... To have three goals on 14 shots, he must be either have an absolute snip show or being 
putting himself in the right place at the right time. But other than that, none of the usual suspects are near the top, and almost everyone on the team is a minus right now. Yeah, again, beautiful. 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 Absolutely beautiful. It'll, uh, it'll, I mean, though, whenever we play the Leafs, that's always a fun game, and, and Twitter is always a, a bad house between both fan bases, and the arena is always great. It's always a... A fun game regardless, but even more so when the wings are, are are a little hot this year and the Leafs are a little not. Yeah, and if Campbell's starting for the, the Maple Leafs, it's not going to be an easy game. He, despite the team having a losing record, he's played in all but one of the games. He's played in seven games, and his goals against average is 2.31 and the save percentage against 918. I mean, despite the team having a losing record, he's got some good numbers. So it's not from lack of goaltending. He's doing what he can, but it's just, it's just hasn't been enough for the Toronto Maple Leafs so far. Now, something to keep in mind is this is in Toronto, which means Detroit will not have Tyler Bertuzzi because he remains the sole unvaccinated player in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see how the lineup can produce Without him in, we saw a little bit of it in Montreal, but that was just an all-around. The whole team played bad. I don't think they're going to be that bad every time Tyler's out of the lineup. But it'll be interesting interesting to see what the top line is and how we'll be able to produce without Tyler in it. Absolutely, yeah. We, we've already have, uh, have have had a little bit of taste it with that in, in Montreal, and it did not go well yeah. at all. The whole game was so awful. That, all around. Right. On that on top of the second game of a back-to-back, like we've said a million times, um, will we'll definitely, we'll definitely be a, a hurdle to, to overcome, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else you got, Scotty? Oh, we got to do Lemon Tree real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so the one big-ass lemon, I'm looking at it right now. There's one <laughs> big ass ma- like tank of a lemon, right? Massive, big big old boy. Um, that one's now about three-quarters yellow. And uh, my, my father tells me that it is mere days away from uh from from its time on the tree being over so still not still not quite there but we are becoming dangerously close to to our first lemon of uh, of the calendar year and then we have uh we have a few we have a lot of small ones all over so that's always great to see and then we have another one that's not nearly as big as as the the, the like tank over there but is also starting to get pretty yellow. So so we got we got some movement for sure. And I think I think within the next two updates, we're gonna have our first lemon. So we're coming down to the wire. So we're coming the, down to the wire. The question becomes, Scotty, what do we do with the first lemon? What does it become? It definitely like half of it, maybe even all of it. I I, I would say three quarters of it goes straight into tea. My dad is a massive tea drinker. We have a ton of tea in the house, whether it, whether it's hot tea, iced tea, whatever. Easily three quarters of this lemon is going into tea, and then the other quarter is probably just going to be used for cooking and stuff. You know what I think you should do with it? I think you should seal it in epoxy and just enshrine it in the Hall of Fame of Lemons so you always God, remember it is huge. the first okay. lemon of the year. I, I promise the listeners this. When that thing falls, we're tweeting it from the Lockdown account. Let's it do is it. 
massive dog it for real like like i can palm a basketball and this thing is like like borderline the size of my hand it is a tank bro bull crap no way man dog i i i promise you it is it is massive it is one of the <laughs> biggest lemons i've ever seen it That's, is massive okay um you have to make sure that your dad doesn't you i want to see this when it gets plucked i want to see this on my webcam when it oh. when it gets plucked, so make sure he doesn't use it before then, because I need Absolutely. to see visual proof. Of no, course, no, no, he he's he's very aware of the of the lemon tree Friday. He, okay, he, he's a he's a he's a Friday listener for his lemon tree update, so he will definitely he understands the importance. He, he's definitely not gonna God. not gonna use it before we get uh before we get some uh, a good update in with our first. Awesome. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we're gonna have enough time for how do you feel about it Friday, but that's okay because there are plenty of more Fridays to come and plenty Absolutely. more Fridays to find out how we feel about random things. Um, Scott, do you got any more uh, comments you want to make before we sign off here? No, uh, I don't. I don't think so, man. Um, just watched one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen for the Packers to get a win. So that's kind of gross. I Hell guess. Yeah. I guess there you go. Okay, so I'm gonna there pick them league. I took the. Uh, Green Bay Packers in that game. Oh, plus beauty! You're a happy camper then. Yeah, that was my three point game. That was my uh, bonus beauty. Game. So we're 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 beauty. We are uh, cruising. All right. The over under for this game was fifty, and I'm pretty happy too. I'll leave it at that. There we go. Uh, <laughs> thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leads on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy hockey league. It's free and available on all platforms. Follow us on socials. I'm Brian. Fi- I'm at Brian Fisher nine seven one. Scotty's at Bentley Scotty. Our Twitter account for the the podcast is at lo underscore Red Wings, and uh, we'll catch you guys on Monday with a weekend recap of these games. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. There it is. I was waiting for it. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.